0: That's the first book of the New Testament. So, if you look in your table of contents, you'll see uh, an Old Testament and a New Testament. So, the New Testament Matthew is first book of the Bible, first book of the Old, New Testament. Matthew chapter number three. Now, some of you are like, "Man, it seems like people are really getting happy with that song. Seems like people are lifting up their hands. Feels like, seems like people are lifting up their voice. What's that all about, man? Because here's the deal: like, once you find Jesus, you can't help it. And here's what's really cool. You're like, well, I don't know Jesus yet. I don't understand all this. Here's the thing you can't understand Jesus until you get Jesus. And when you get Jesus, you're like, I got to lift up my hand. I don't need anymore because I got Jesus. Can I get an amen?" amen? I'm excited. Here we go. Matthew chapter number three. Matthew chapter number three. First book in the New Testament. First book in the New Testament. Matthew, okay? Matthew. So. Chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3. Matthew chapter 3, we're going to be in verse 13. Verse 13. So Matthew chapter 3, verse 13. So hopefully it's, you're looking inside inside your Bible. If you didn't bring a Bible or don't have a Bible, if you don't have a Bible, let us know. We'll get you one. Uh, but or you can look on the screen or you look on the Bible. So Matthew chapter 3, if you're either looking in your Bible or looking on the screen, Matthew chapter 3, if you are there, say, I'm there. Amen. Here we go. Then... Cometh Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized of him. But John forbade him, saying, I have need to be baptized of thee. Comest thou to me? And Jesus answering said unto him, Suffer it to be so now, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he suffered him. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water. And lo, the heavens were opened unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much. Thank you so much for uh, just an opportunity, Lord God, to come and to worship you today. You are worthy of it all, Lord God. Lord God, we could sing a thousand songs. We could read your word a thousand times. We could pray a thousand prayers, and it still would not be enough to what you are worthy of. You are so awesome, and you are so wonderful. And so, Lord God, as we are, we are in this series, Lord God, I'm thankful for Jesus. I'm thankful for Jesus. And so, Lord God, I pray as we continue through this series, Lord, that we would see a new, a new appreciation for, for your son, Jesus. And, Lord God, that because of that, Lord, not only not only will we, will we cultivate a stronger relationship with him in our own lives, but, Lord God, we go out into a lost and dying world and tell someone about this Jesus. And so, Lord, we love you. We thank you for all these things in your great and wonderful name. Amen. Amen. All right, so we're in a series. We're in a series. We're in a a, a brand new series. We just started last week. So if you weren't here last week, that's okay. We'll catch you up, all right? Who is this Jesus? Say it with me. Who is this Jesus? Who is this Jesus, okay? Now, now we're, we're, while, while we're in this series, and, and Lord willing, we're going to take from Christmas to Easter, and we're just going to kind of walk through different gospel accounts, but who is this Jesus? We talk about this Jesus. We even say that we have a relationship with this Jesus, but truly, who is this Jesus? Because I think the more we understand who Jesus is, the more we can we can love him, the more obedient we are to him, and the more we can share him with other people, Right? And so we need to know who this Jesus is. So last week, we, we, we rediscovered, who is this Jesus? He is God in the flesh. He is God in the flesh. And we looked at John 1, 1 through 14, that, that, that God was made flesh and dwelt among us. And that was a really big deal because we couldn't get to God, so he came down to us. And in the form of Jesus, took human form so that he could go to the cross to die for our sins. So he is God in the flesh. So this week here's the here's how we're going to answer this. Who is this Jesus he is? He is the son of God. Say that with me. He is the son of God. Son of God, all right? He is God in the flesh and he is the son of God. Now what we're going to do is we're going to look at the baptism of Jesus. Okay, the baptism of Jesus. Now there are some accounts that are in Um, uh, That are in one gospel and there are some accounts that are in one or two gospels But there are a few accounts that are in all four gospels, okay all four gospels and the baptism of jesus is located in all four gospels You can learn about the baptism of jesus in matthew You can learn about it in mark you can learn about it in luke and you can learn about it in john Okay, so it's in all four gospels. So obviously if it's in all four gospels, it's probably pretty important. Can I get an amen? Okay, it's a really big deal. It's a really big deal. And some of you are like, well, this is just the baptism of Jesus. I've seen this all kind of stuff. But I want you to kind of have some fresh eyes with this a little bit because there's a lot of depth into the baptism of Jesus and really from the standpoint of realizing who he is, he is the Son of God. So let's go back to Matthew. Let's go back to Matthew chapter number 3. Go back to Matthew chapter number 3. And let's kind of walk down through this section of Scripture. And then we're going to look at the account in Mark and the account in Luke And then we're going to look uh, a little bit deeper in the account in John, okay? So verse 13, it says, Then cometh Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized with him, okay? So this is John the Baptist. This is the forerunner of Jesus. This is the one that is saying, you know, uh, prepare ye the way of the Lord. He is also coming and he's saying, repent and be baptized. Repent and be baptized. This is what John the Baptist is saying. Repent and be baptized. And so now Jesus has come to John and said, I want you to baptize me. Verse 14, but John forbade him, or forbid him, and said, look, I can't do this, saying, I have need to be baptized of thee, and comest thou to me. Now, I don't know about you, but that seems like a normal response. Would we all agree? Like, like here's here's Messiah coming, and he wants to get baptized by me? Like, no, I'm not going to do that. Like, if we want to switch roles, like, you, you come on down the water, I'll move over here, you move over there, and I'll be baptized of you. Like, I'm all good with that, but I don't know if I really need to be baptizing you, Jesus. But here's what Jesus says in verse 15. And Jesus answering, said unto him, suffer it not, or, 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 or make, suffer it not, or excuse me, suffer it to be so now. Or basically, permit it or allow it. Like saying, th- this has to happen, John. Suffer it to be so now, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness, then he suffered in him or allowed or permitted him, and so he baptizes him. Now, here's what's really cool about this second scripture. For thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Here's what's really cool about that. One is, let's look at this, is for thus it becometh what that next word? Us. So so Jesus is talking, and when he refers to himself, he refers to him as what's that word? Us. 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 Okay again, and this is we talked about this last week, we see Trinity again, okay we see that look, in order for this that like the, the reason why this needs to be done is because this be, this becometh us this is what us meaning God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, we are coming together as one God in three persons this we need to do this, we us need to do this, which is really cool because in just a minute we're going to see all three of the Trinity in 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 three different ways which is so cool but here's what's also interesting for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness so let me explain this to you now now what john was saying is repent repent and be baptized or or or, or repent repent of your sins so baptize in repentance of your sins now did jesus have any sin no he did not he did not have any sin and so you're like, okay, then if, why, why, does he, why is he being baptized by John if he had no sin? Because here's what I want you to understand. Is in the baptism of John, what, what Jesus is doing is he's saying, look, I've got to identify myself with a sinner. I've got to identify myself, myself, myself with a sinner. That here's when, when he came down, like, okay, he's perfectly God, sinless God, but he comes in human flesh. But he's saying, you know what, to fulfill all righteousness, I have to identify or take on the sin of man. And so this is when he says, but repent and be baptized, or, or, or being baptized for repentance of sins, is that he is, being, he is identifying himself with us. He's identifying himself with us. Now, in just a minute, we'll realize this, is that that's put it on display for everybody to see that that he came, he, he, the, the, the Bible talks about that he became sin for us, okay? And so he, so he has to, even though he is completely sentenced, he has to take on the sin in order to take that sin to the cross to die for us. So this is a, a fulfillment of that righteousness. But also what we need to understand is this is part of the plan. Like here's what he's saying, to fulfill all righteousness, that look, John, John Baptist, you don't understand why you're having to do this, but let me help you with this, it's all part of the plan. It's all part of the plan. And we'll look at that as we go into John. Really excited about that. Okay? So it's all part of the plan. Now, verse 16. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water. And, lo, the heavens were opened unto, unto him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. And, lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Okay? So we have Jesus the Son who is being baptized, He's lifted up out of the water. We see the Holy Spirit coming and descending like unto a dove. And so we see the Holy Spirit, and then we hear a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, whom I am well pleased. So you have the Son, you have the Spirit, and you have the Father all in one place. All in one place. Now this is really big because, so we see this, so we see the, the, the Spirit coming down. But the big thing I want you to see is, and lo, a voice from heaven, which is God the Father. Say, God the Father. God the Father, saying this, This is my beloved what? Son, "Son, in whom I am well pleased. Okay. Now here's why this is a big deal. Because this is not Jesus coming and saying, Guess what? I'm the Son of God. Okay. Now he says that later on, and he proclaims that later on, but the, the, the first time we recognize him as the Son of God out to every single person, it's not that John Baptist just says, He's the Son of God okay? It's not that some other person is not even Jesus himself. Who says he's the son of God? God does. God does. So it's a proclamation from God himself that this is not a self-proclaimed, hey, I just want to let you know I'm the son of God. It's God proclaiming Jesus as the son of God. And that's why I want to help you with this, is that seeing this is that we believe he's the son of God, not because of what somebody else says, but because of what God says. He's the son of God. He's the son, which is a big deal, which is a big deal. We can take that and go, okay, I can maybe argue with what Chickie says. That's really easy, okay? It's hard to argue with what Tori says. She's a little more difficult, okay? I definitely, I definitely cannot argue with Wade. He is real difficult, okay? I'm just kidding. I love you all to death, all right? But I can argue with what they have to say. But when God says something, I can't argue. Can I get an amen? I can't argue with that. God said it, so that must mean it's true, Right? There's a little bit more preaching right there I want to do, but just Okay. If God says it, that must be true, right? Okay. So there we go. So so we see this in the first account, in the first account of this baptism. Now I want you to turn over. Are you we can we can put it up on the screen? We can put it on the screen. Uh, go to Mark. Go to Mark. So Mark one nine. If you want to turn over there, you can do that too. It doesn't matter. But this is the second account of the baptism of Jesus, okay? So we saw the, the, the first account in Matthew, and now we're seeing the second account uh, being shown in, in Mark, okay? All right? And it came to pass in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized of John in Jordan, verse 10. And straightway coming out of the water, by the way, we're going to look at that in just a minute. It's really cool, okay? He saw the heavens open and the spirit like a dove descending upon him, verse 11. And there came a voice from heaven saying, Thou art my beloved, what? Son, in whom I am well pleased. Right? Now, that's my last verse on that one, right? Okay? Now, just so you know, and and you don't think I'm I'm making this all up, it is also in Luke. Okay? It's also in Luke. So, let's look at the Luke account of the baptism. Let's look at the Luke account of the baptism. Luke 3, 21. So, when all the people were baptized, it came to pass, okay, that Jesus also being baptized and praying... The heaven was opened, verse 22, and the Holy Ghost descended in a bodily shape like a dove upon him. So we get a little bit more uh, description of, of, of what has happened. Okay, so, so the Holy Spirit of God takes the bodily shape of a dove. And a voice came from heaven which saith, Thou art my beloved, what? Son. Son. In thee I am well pleased. I'm well pleased. Do I have one more verse for that? Is that just two? Okay. All right. So Matthew, Mark, and Luke now let's finally look at John okay we're gonna look at John so John chapter 1 John chapter 1 in verse 29 John chapter 1 verse 29 I'm actually going to turn there so I can look at it John chapter 1 John chapter 1 in verse 29 okay in verse 29 let's read this and then we'll talk about it a little bit all right verse 29 it says the next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him, and saith, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me cometh a man which is preferred before me, for he was before me. Remember, last week we talked about Jesus has been forever, okay? There's never been a time where Jesus wasn't, okay? He has always been, all right? And I knew him not, but that he should be made manifest. We'll look at that word manifest in just a minute. To Israel, therefore, I am come baptizing with water. And John, bare record, saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove and an abode upon him. And I knew him not, but that he sent me to baptize with water. The same said unto me, upon whom thou shalt see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, the same as he which baptizes with the Holy Ghost. And I saw and bare record that this is, say it with me, that this is the Son of God. This is the Son of God. Now, let's take John's account. Let take let's take John's account and dig in a little bit more. Let's go back to verse twenty nine. The next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith, Behold what? The Lamb, Lamb of God. The Lamb of God. Now this is a big deal because we, we really don't see him referred to as the Lamb of God very often in the Gospels. Now what's really cool is you go to the book of Revelation, he's referred to that in a lot of a, a, many times. In, in Revelation, okay, but not many times in the Gospel, and so what we need to understand, behold the Lamb of God. Now if you don't know anything about Old Testament Old Testament um, rituals and, and offerings and feasts and all that kind of stuff, um, one of the things that, that a lamb was used for um, in the Old Testament was to for sin, for sacrifices for sin. Okay, so if you sinned, what you had to do is, and and I'll tell you, that depending on what role you played in, in in the nation of Israel, you may have to bring more than just a lamb. But but you bring a lamb, and you and you sacrifice that lamb, and that is supposed to cover your sins. Okay, so you sin, so you have to bring a lamb without blemish, and you have to bring, and you have to sacrifice that to to, to the priest. And then that is supposed to cover your sins. Say the word cover. Cover. Cover your sins, okay? Because here's why I say cover your sins. Because what would happen is if you sin again, then guess what? You have to bring another unblemished lamb, and you have to then bring it to the priest and sacrifice it again. Now, if you think about it, and we don't talk about this a lot, think about how gory of a picture that is. Now, I don't know about you, but unfortunately, I sin a lot more than I want to. Can I get an amen? Okay? And so you think about there's the sins of the people going on. And so there's this constant bloodshed over and over and over again. And every single time there was a lamb that was sacrificed as a sin offering, it covered their sin. Say it with me. It covered their sin. It covered their sin. All right? And it was temporary. All right? It, because the next time they sin, it, 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 you couldn't say, hey, remember that lamb I did last week? Like, I'm good. Like, like that lamb's going to cover me, all right? Because remember, I, it was a nice one, all right? Was like, this, this guy over here, he had a little bit of blemish. I had zero blemish, okay? I promise you. You couldn't do that. You, you, you couldn't ride the coattails of your other lamb. Every time you sin, you had another lamb that you had to bring, and you had to sacrifice to cover your sins, But notice what John says, but notice what John says, okay? The next day John seeth, now this is going to confuse you a little bit, Apostle John Ryder, John the Baptist, okay? All right, okay? The next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith, Behold the Lamb, which, come on with me, which, what's that next word? Taketh, what's the next word? Away, let's say it together, which taketh away the sin of the world. Not cover. Not cover. Behold the Lamb, not that says, that covers up my sins. No, behold the Lamb which taketh away the, what I love about this, it is not, (coughs) excuse me. It is not plural because what he's doing is he's saying it's not plural because it's not a picking, a choosing of sins. It is saying sin. Sin. Take away the sin of the world. Then when we put our faith and trust in Jesus, it's not just, okay, hey, he took care of my sins before salvation. No, when we put our faith and trust in Jesus, we need to understand that Jesus died for your sins of the past. Can I get an amen? Okay, that Jesus died for the sins of the present. Can I get an amen? But he has also died for the sins of the future. Can I get an Amen. He has said, I, "Which taketh away the sin of the world." See, here's what's really interesting: we're all sinners. We've talked about this. Talked about it on Christmas. We're all sinners. Say it with me: we're all, sinners. we're all sinners. We're all sinners. But yet, in Jesus, in Jesus, my sin is taken away. It's taken away. Now, do I still sin? Absolutely. And that's unfortunate I say that because, really, I don't have to because I'm not in bondage to it. But I, I, I do. But from the standpoint, I, I'm a sinner. But because of a Savior, he taketh away my sin. That's a really big deal. How many of you all are thankful you have someone who will take away your sins? Can I get an amen? Take away your sin. Here we go. He is whom I have said, after me cometh a man which is preferred before me, for he was before me. And I knew him not, but that he should be made manifest. We've seen that, we've talked about this word manifest several times. The word manifest means to make present or make clear, okay? Should be made manifest to Israel. Like really, this is Jesus saying, hey, here I am. I'm the Savior. God's going to tell me I'm the son of God. This is kind of like his coming out party, okay? Like he's saying, hey, here I am. So, the, the, so this, this act of baptism by John is a way to proclaim to the whole entire world that he truly is the lamb that can take away the sin of the world. May manifest Israel, therefore, I'm come baptizing with water. Verse 30, 32, and John bear record. What I love about this, and John bear record. Now what, what 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 he's saying there is John the Apostle John who is the writer is when he says when he says and John bear record is it's an it's a not just a hey I heard about it no John the Baptist himself told me. Now some of you are like why is that a big deal Buchanan because so many times we can look at the Jesus account as some made up fairy tale. It is an actual person who actually was on earth that actually got crucified. This is an actual person on earth. And so John the Baptist, it wasn't that Apostle John said, I heard that. Somebody told me, you know, I've heard this story before. No, John the Baptist told the Apostle John, let me tell you what happened that day. Let me tell you what happened that day, okay? And John bare record saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove and it abode on him. The word abode means to remain. Okay, so it remained on him. Verse 33. And I knew him not, but he that sent me to baptize the water, the same said unto me, upon whom thou shalt see. This is kind of cool. That, that, that Basically, God, God before this had said, look, this is how you're going to know it's him. I told, God had told John the Baptist, this is how you're going to know it's him. Upon whom thou shalt see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, the same is he which baptizes with the Holy Ghost. With the Holy Ghost. Now, some of you are like, the baptizing with the Holy Ghost. i got to explain that because some of you are, are from weird backgrounds and all kind of stuff, all right? That is not meaning, okay, he comes baptizing so you can speak in tongues, all right? this <laughs> is saying, when, 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 when you put your faith and trust in Jesus, you receive the Holy Ghost, okay? Let me help you with this. John baptized with water, but when Jesus comes into your life, you get a whole lot more than just a washing down, okay? You get the Holy Ghost, all right? Verse 34. And I saw and bear record that this... Is the what son of God, son of God. Now, let's 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 kind of kind of finish this all up. What's really interesting about this is, and I saw this for the very first time. Now, no, before, before I jump in, this. Okay, now Jesus is who? He is the what? Son of God. Son of God. We've determined that, right? We've determined that. He is the Son of God. He has he proclaimed the Son of God in Matthew. He's proclaimed the Son of God in Mark. He's proclaimed the Son of God in Luke. He's proclaimed, proclaimed the Son of God in John. in the same, same thing, from the standpoint of the baptism of, of Jesus, we see it in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. He is the Son of God. So let's, here's a, before I look at this, there's a very familiar verse in Scripture. Very familiar verse in Scripture. And I think sometimes what happens is we, we know this verse so well, we, we, we kind of throw it around and, and, and like, I know that verse, and this is a basic verse, everybody should know it. If you're not a Christian, or if you're a Christian and you don't know this verse, shame on you and all that kind of stuff. There's a very, very, very familiar verse in the Bible, and here's what it is. John 3.16. Okay? John 3.16, why are we talking about John 3.16? Because a lot of people know, a lot of people know this verse, but so many times we, we forget about the impact of this verse, how important this verse is. Because for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten what? Son. His only begotten son. The, the, here's, here's, he, was the, he was the son of God of God. he We, we, we just term, term last week, he is God in the flesh, and what God did is because he loved, and let's do this, for God so loved, and, and this will be fun, this will be kind of weird a little bit, Okay, instead of putting the world, put your name in there, Okay, put your name in there, alright I'm going to do it, you're going to do it, we're all going to do it, for God so loved Buchanan, let's do it again, you say your own name, for God so loved Buchanan, that he gave his only begotten what? Son. The Son of God. And God, God gave his Son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have what? Ever. Everlasting life. Everlasting life. He is the Son of God, and yet, that, that, that God, and you're like, well, you know, he's a Trinity and all this kind of stuff. How does God give the Son and all this kind of stuff? I have no clue how he does that. But I, I truly believe one God, three persons that God the Father sent. God the Son to Earth, so that if we believe in Him, we can have everlasting life. Can I get an amen? amen. Now, here's the final thing, kind of cool part, all right. And, I, and I'm not going to go to the verses because I hope we we've, we've all understand this, okay. But there's two there's there's actually two things we need to see um, from the standpoint of a picture, okay, of a picture. Because so many times what we can get caught up with is that the only time we see certain events of the Gospels is when they actually happen. But what I want to help you with is when you look at the Gospels, everything is pointing to something in the future. Everything is pointing to something in the future. Now, why do I say that? One is that I want you to understand that his baptism is a picture of his death, burial, and resurrection. His baptism is a picture of his death, burial, and resurrection. Um uh, for, uh, is it my Corinthians verse? Maybe a Colossians verse. Thank you. Okay, Colossians two twelve. It says, buried with him in what? Yeah. Baptism, wherein are ye all wherein ye are what? Yeah. Risen with him through the faith of the operation of God, he hath raised him from the dead. Now, baptism, when we do a, a physical baptism, a baptism is, is not a requirement of salvation, okay? Salvation is putting your faith and trust in Jesus. But a, 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 a step of obedience is identifying ourselves with Christ. And so this verse is talking about the, not, not only from the same way of identifying ourselves with Christ, but in the mode in which we do it, that physically we are burying you and raising you to this new life in Christ, and so when we see John, the baptism of Jesus, is that it is pointing ultimately to his death and resurrection. Do you see that? Can I get an amen? amen. Okay? Like, we, that, so that's important because, and, and, and if we want to go back farther, like, Jesus had a purpose when he came to this earth. And his sole purpose was to die on that cross for your sin. Because you're like, because if you go back into, into the birth account and all that kind of stuff, that they actually, Herod says, everybody under the age of two, they're all going to be killed. So so Mary and Joseph flee to Egypt with Jesus. But let me see this, even from that standpoint, there is still a death warrant out for Jesus. So even if you want to go from this standpoint, the swaddling clothes, the, the, he's wrapped in swaddling clothes, but yet when he's in the tomb, he's, he's, in, he's in burial cloth. Like, does that make sense what I'm trying to say to y'all? Like, there's, there's always this pointing to that Jesus came here to die for your sins and to be raised from the dead. Like, that's a really big deal. I don't know if y'all are getting this, but like, his sole purpose, and we see it as we go through the Gospels, we have to look at this and go, wow, like, he, and this is what I love about Jesus, he is a focused, he is a focused God. Let me help you with this. God doesn't get distracted, Right? He doesn't get distracted. Jesus came to this earth for the purpose of dying on the cross and rising from the dead because we were hopeless, and if he didn't come, we would stay hopeless, but because of what he did, we have hope. And so it's a really big deal when we see this picture being laid out over and over and over and over that there was never a time when Jesus said, "Ah, I don't know about this, I'll go do, do something different. Now, you can say in the garden, well, you know, I have this cup pass over me, but then he says, you know, whatever you will, I'm going to do it. Amen. Thy will be done, right? Because he understood that getting to the cross was his ultimate destiny. Now, final thing. This is really cool, okay? So let's talk about this. So Jesus says, Jesus come out, out of the water, okay? Lift up out of the water. The Holy Spirit is ascending like a dove, okay? And the, and, and the Father says, uh, this is my beloved Son whom I will please. This is what's really cool. Oh, this is so great. Not only is it a picture of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, but it is also a picture of Jesus' ultimate, or from the standpoint of what he was going to do to where what his plan was after he was gone. Because let me help you with this. After the, after the resurrection, you're going to see 40 days, and then he's going to ascend up into heaven. He's going to go up into heaven, so that who can come down? the Holy Spirit can come down. So even in that, there's a picture of Jesus being raised up so the Holy Spirit then can come down. That's all I got. (laughs) But, man, it's just, here's where I was on this, and I I was looking at this message like going, man, it doesn't seem like, okay, now here's what you got to do with it. Here's some application. Let's make it all pretty. But here's what I want you to do. I want you to see Jesus is like, wow, this is Jesus. He is the Son of God. I wanted you to see that, but also I wanted you to see, like, look, man, there is a plan that was put in place that was that was perfect for for. Here's the deal: not only for our salvation, but also from the standpoint of our of our sanctification, right. that we could that that because we have the Holy Spirit in our lives, that we had something, we had a, 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 an assurance, a promise of heaven one day, but also somebody could walk with us and talk with us and help us and all kinds of. Stuff. Does that make sense? What I'm trying to say. Right. And this Jesus loved you so much, let's say it this way, that God loved you so much so that Jesus could come and provide that for you. Isn't that wonderful? Can I get an amen? Amen. Let's everybody stand. Let's everybody stand.